because I was injured, I didn't have a place to go to work out or I couldn't go out and do stuff. And so I was basically stuck in myself. And when you're stuck in yourself, you can go several directions. And yoga, I believe, can help anybody who tries a little bit to let go of those feelings that bring you down. It's that simple. Welcome to Guys Talking Yoga, a podcast created to help get other men into the practice of yoga by sharing its many benefits. I'm your host, Derek Vandewalker, and today's guest is Art Masolo. As a former athlete who was approaching his 40th birthday and weighing 225 pounds, Art never thought he would consider yoga. In fact, it was something he used to mock when he was younger. But when stuck in a rut and recognizing that psychotherapy and other Western approaches weren't providing the tools and perspective he needed, Art began his yoga path by attending a two-week immersion program of, as he says, love, community, peace, and great health. All the things that guys rarely permit themselves to access. In this very candid conversation, Art shares his thoughts on the yoga sutras, keeping a regular mantra, shifting one's thoughts, dealing with stress, overcoming rejection, and just navigating life itself through his evolving practice and perspective. Well, I had always kind of made fun of yoga as I grew up. I was more of an athlete playing basketball, baseball, tennis, volleyball. Could never touch my toes, was always super unlimber, always felt stiff. And that was on the physical side of it. On the mental side of it, I had never really worked on myself other than going to several forced therapy sessions with psychologists, psychiatrists, trying to kind of work through trauma, firewalls, all the things that keep men from evolving. And I asked my very dear friend, Eric Elliott, who is a lifetime yogi, 27 years, maybe 30 years of serious yoginess. And I was like, what can I do? I was about to turn 40 years old. And he suggested that I go to Shivananda in the Bahamas and to do a retreat and to see if I like it. And so I not only did a retreat, I stayed there for two weeks, basically told my wife at the time and the kids who all wanted to celebrate my 40th birthday that I got to do this. I got to take off and this is what I want for my 40th birthday. And I took off and that was the impetus. Once you're immersed for two straight weeks in a in an environment of love and community and peace and great food and health and all the things that people, men, especially in business, kind of get once a month, this was constant and it was definitely like the precursor to my yogi days, which is now 11 years down the road. So when your friend had first recommended this to you, this retreat, what was going through your mind as far as your expectations and level of interest or reservations about it? I haven't met many people that just go and take off, you know, two weeks by themselves ever to search. And so I felt a great sense of liberation and all the tension of the decision didn't seem as tense because I was doing something for myself, yeah. which, as I said at the beginning, is not something that you ever think about. You're usually thinking about, you know, how much money you can make, how big you can be, 
what you can get for your family. And you never really sit back and think about like, wow, does this really make me happy? So this really made me happy. Like I was ecstatic for like a month before I got on a plane and got to the Bahamas. You knew you needed it. And when, when somebody put it in your mind, you were committed to it and you were looking forward to it. So this yoga retreat was, was two weeks. What about the retreat? What about the yoga hooked you? First of all, it was, it was super hard. Like, you know, Sivananda now, at, when I, if I practice Sivananda now, it's a very lovely practice. It's methodical. It's the same repetitions. It's a beautiful practice. But back when I was trying to touch my toes, it was hard. There's a lot of pranayama, so breathing, that begins the sessions, which you have to sit down in cross-legged position and breathe for, you know, 15 minutes to a half an hour. And as you know, sitting in one spot when you're not really used to it and doing these breathing exercises, that I found to be the most difficult part of yoga. The asana practice, the physical practice, was just challenging, but it was a great challenge. It was a great workout. It was a, you know, as somebody who was an athlete, it, it really made me feel like I was accomplishing something. So I immediately went to Ashtanga. You know, obviously a mid-40s man who weighs 250 pounds should not do Ashtanga, which was an exercise built for 16-year-old Indian boys. And then obviously the people in all the Ashtanga classes were incredibly limber and incredibly strong women. And I came in and I was like, I'm going for it. So I started practicing Ashtanga six days a week at five o'clock in the morning doing Mysore at Yogi Jaya's place in Miami. So, so for those who are listening who don't really know what Ashtanga yoga is, how would you describe it? Yes, Ashtanga is also a very methodical sequence of poses that you take for the asana practice. And I would have to say that it's probably the most intense form of exercise I've ever been involved with. There's a lot of jump throughs, jump backs, pushing your whole entire body weight up and down and lots of chest movements and up and back and inversions and going back and forth. So, but it's methodical and it's incredibly challenging. But once you get the vibe down, it is a one of the most spiritual practices. And so one of the things I can suggest to your, to your listeners is that, first of all, as a man going into yoga classes, you're usually one of you know three or four other guys, which has changed over the years, which I'm really happy about. But it's usually a class filled with women. So one thing that when you first start is, hey, I need to stop looking. I can't stare. I can't do this because as you learn in yoga, the ego is the first thing you need to get rid of. That whole thing of, hey, am I doing it right? Do I look good? Is anybody watching me? All of the things that kind of the firewalls to you actually opening up really need to disintegrate in the practice. Yeah. And so I thought that Ashtanga was a way that you kept so busy and you had to concentrate so much on the pose constantly that you basically, after a month or so, you don't notice anybody else. You're in there and you're at one with the, the, the teacher, the sounds, the, the music, if there's music, 
and the universe. So knowing that's the way you got into it, do you feel like most guys who are just getting into yoga should consider Ashtanga or would you send them in a different direction? I would probably send them in a different direction. I found that your body type, I think, also has a lot to do with whether you should do Ashtanga or not. I'm six foot three, currently 220 pounds. When I was at my peak yoga days, I was six foot, same height, <laughs> thank God, but 200 pounds and pretty fit. But it takes its toll on your muscles, joints, and the jump throughs and jump backs really caused my shoulders and knees to feel considerate amounts of pain and up, up to the point of injury. So it's not for the faint of heart. I think that if you're more of a slight build, you know, rock climber kind of build, I think that it's probably good for those kind of guys. I would say that overweight slash taller individuals who might have strength or not, it'll be a bit of a trudge. So I would always start with a, a nice, you know, slow flow Hatha class or a yin yoga class or even going to like bowl chanting meditations for the kind of vibe, right? So I think there's a whole slew of other things that you can do other than Ashtanga. I'm totally with you that there's so many different types of yoga out there that I'd rather see guys move more gradually into their practice and be able to work with a studio or a teacher in a class that really allows them to make adjustments, to use props, and just to be able to take their time. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Absolutely. I think that men in general require a lot of physical gratitude. So, you know, a big sweat or a burning of the muscles or something like that, which you're not really going to get in a very light yoga class. But the benefits, which you learn over time, are so much greater if you do it slower and methodical and really focus on your poses and shapes. So yeah, it's, a, it's fascinating. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because when I look back on, you know, going for a long run, listening to music, you know, listening to Van Halen or Winger or whatever it was as on my run, I'm not really paying attention to what's going on in my body. You know, I'm just pounding away and feet are hitting the pavement and I'm just running and huffing and you're leaning on the music to help you keep focus. When you're doing a little bit of yoga, you know, you could be in just an easy little pose and you're paying attention to like how your right toe is sitting versus your left toe. And you know, and you adjust your foot and you don't feel this right away. But, you know, when you have a practice, you can move your foot around and know how it affects your knee and your hip and your back. And I think yep. that's really empowering, especially guys over 40 who, who have some serious asymmetry on both sides. It's really nice to be able to, you know, play the C note that is your hip and really know when to hold it and when to let it go. And if you want to do yoga with music, that's great. But there's a lot to listen for in your body in just a basic practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. So Art, you were appreciating the sweat and the grind and the humbling of Ashtanga. How did your practice evolve? How did Art evolve along his yoga practice? Sure. That's a great question and a fun one to answer. I learned rather quickly that I wasn't really understanding what my yoga teachers were talking about. They would talk about, you know, the breath 
and how the breath is the most important part of the practice. They would talk about, you know, letting go of the ego. They would talk about a lot of yogic sayings that more of the philosophy. And I'd sit there and I'd go, God, I really don't know anything about this. So I got into yoga because of asanas, which, as you know, is only one limb of the yoga practice. And so I made a strategic decision to do 200-hour teacher training. There was a deal in Miami with an amazing yogi named Ruslan, who's a Russian guy, who we went over to his house from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. every single day for a month. And that was probably the greatest piece of learning I've ever done in my life. And so I left as a yoga teacher, but also much more for my own personal needs. The philosophies, the traditions, you know, I, I was making Val, my girlfriend of 10 years, incredibly insane coming back from these yoga classes. And she's like, you're not going to like go live in a cave, are you? And I'm like, no, what's gonna, I'm just like learning about myself. I'm learning how to deal with issues and problems. And so I would say through that process, I really let my ego, what people thought about me, what I assume people thought about me, what I think about myself. If I could suggest one thing to every man in the world is they do yoga teacher training. Yeah, or, or something that gives you more than just the asanas, you know, a little taste of the philosophy, a little bit of introduction to the Yoga Sutras or the Bhagavad Gita. You know, I still quote Yoga Sutra number 14, chapter one, practice becomes firmly grounded when well attended to for a long time without break and with enthusiasm, Yeah, which took me months and months and even years to kind of figure out what that actually means. And what that actually means is that the practice that is discussed in yoga is everything. It's not just the asana practice and the meditation practice and whatever other things you can do. It's really like anything that comes into your mind that is negative or that throws you down the wrong path, you got to get rid of it. Yeah, it's another great point, which is like the yoga practice is on the mat, but a lot of it is off the mat. And I think the ability to catch your mind off the mat in the real world, whether you're on the interstate and people are just driving crazy on the right or the left, whether you're in the checkout line at the supermarket and there's some issue with the broccoli checkout with the woman ahead of you or whatever, you know, there's just moments you learn to catch that thought and maybe learn how to ground into your big toe and take a moment to check in while you're waiting for the world to speed up a little bit. I would say it's the most difficult part of the limbs of yoga is that letting go constantly as a clinically diagnosed clinically depressed human to go down the rabbit hole of darkness is very, very easy. And so to get out of it, it is very difficult for just about everybody who has it, right? And people take drugs for it, you know, years of therapy. But there's something about yoga that if you really dedicate time and effort to it, 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 I I liken it to, you know, Hare Krishnas, right? Hare Krishnas, they go around the world, they look kind of different, they sing things all the time. But one of the most incredible things about their practice is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. They do that with beads all day long. They don't talk to anybody. They don't do anything. And if you spend 
a couple of days doing that, I promise you your troubles will go away. Because the thoughts become much more focused on, you know, this, what you're doing, what you are saying. And so if you can kind of bring that into like a daily practice of what's the trigger that you need to go to or where do you need to go to when things get bad? Yeah. And knowing how your mind goes to a certain place and trying to be something, try to think about a way to shift that in a way where it's not repeating the common refrain that you tend to have about yourself. So speaking of the self and the ego, and you know, you and I are not the only one who've had our time in in therapy, I'm sure, because it seems like everyone in the world is in therapy or about to go to therapy or just had therapy. Thank God. I think it's very complimentary once people get into the philosophy of yoga, the, the idea of yoga, the practice of yoga, as a nice compliment to cognitive behavioral thinking and all the kind of Western approaches that a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists use to help people kind of get out of their head, to kind of get out of thinking of themselves. You know, a lot of people are finding some relief with psychedelics to transcend their sense of self and the default mode of thinking. And, you know, I think everyone should find what works for them. But I do believe that, you know, even just a little understanding and introduction to the yoga philosophy and the practice of yoga can help you find a very intrinsic resource that is going to help you manage yourself and take care of yourself for the long term. Like it's all, it's, it's all right there. And it's been around for a few thousand years. I mean, it's really mind-blowing. Yeah, it, it works. It totally works. But it does take dedication and it should be on your mind all the time, nonstop. And when you're, you know, working or on a call or on a Zoom call or watching a movie or anything you do, it's part of everything you do. I never, ever fathomed that when I got into yoga. Mm -hmm. So what does your practice look like today? So my practice has gone through a lot of hills and valleys and mountains and crevices and lots of different variations. After three years of injuries, so cortisone shots in my spine, collarbone, total reconstruction, I have just started over the past few months to start doing, you know, slow flow, hatha yoga as much as I can, probably about four or five days a week. When I travel, I go on MindBody app and I look for the closest classes to me wherever I am. And I think that that's something very, very useful. But I would say that yoga, as I've evolved, has become much more of a internal therapy mechanism for me. So you can take away the asana workout part and you can take out, you know, the meditation part. And I find myself, you know, during hard times, for example, end of last year, part of a very big cannabis venture here in Boulder, you know, $140 million SPAC, working with really difficult, tough, big men. It was a daily trudge for me. And then when they let me go for no reason, I was very down on myself because I was injured. I didn't have a place to go to work out or I couldn't go out and do stuff. And so I was basically stuck in myself. And when you're stuck in yourself, you can go several directions. And yoga, I believe, can help anybody who tries a little bit to 
let go of those feelings that bring you down. It's that simple. And so that's where I believe my yoga practice is. I practice it constantly. As I said, it's, you know, if everybody wants to read Yoga Sutra 114, it's there. It says it. Patanjali wrote it, you know, 2000 years ago somehow, and it still works. (laughs) So you hit a few things in there that I think all of us are just dealing with stress now on just a 3x level from the previous generations in the deal-making mode or anytime someone's trying to land a big project or with a hard deadline, stress kicks in. So when you get stressed out, what's the first thing you think about how you utilize a yoga practice? I go to Yoga Sutra 14 and I, and I say those words in my head and whatever happened in that instance, wherever, it t- if it takes two seconds to say that verse, I say it over and over again. It becomes like that Hare Krishna thing where, you know, you repeat it and you repeat it and you repeat it. And then all of a sudden you're in a state of realization where it's like, whatever just happened doesn't matter. Uh It happened. You cannot control that. So whatever happens from now on is what's most important. And so usually it took me months to get out of a funk. Then it became once yoga practice happened, weeks into days, and now it's into minutes. So I would say that's the strongest part of my yoga practice. Immediately, you go to the mantra, which is that whole phrase or aphorism in the first chapter of Yoga Sutra. And not only does it help recenter you and ground you, but you also know that it's also calming your nervous system because you, you have that sort of life raft that you go to when just all of a sudden the stress level goes up. You go there, you say your mantra, you reconnect. And you learn to move past whatever that sense of stress that you had. That's it. And you know how most men live in that stress. That's their comfort zone. Either their comfort zone or they immediately to seek comfort, pick up a scotch or a whiskey, or they, you know, a night on the town or whatever they do to not deal with that. Yeah. So I would say that that's a great tool. I I would say that you know, if you're super stressed and if you have a very, very difficult job where you feel like there's no hope, I mean, geez, there's plenty of things to do. <laughs> there's plenty of things to do. And you don't really necessarily need to take meds or do anything. It's really in our nature to, you know, our society has created this need to be a certain type of human if you look a certain way or dress a certain way or speak a certain way or live in a certain place you're kind of fit into that pigeonhole of what you're supposed to be. As you know very well, Derek, that that's what you are meant to be. You're meant to be that kind of a person. Whereas, you know, we're all human beings. We're all equal. We're all come from the universe. We're all specks of dust that arrived here. We're floating around at 68,000 miles an hour right now. Somehow we haven't, (laughs) we're not floating around in space. And so, you know, does that stress really matter right now? So on the heels of that one, rolling into the next thing you mentioned was learning how to deal with a wound of the self or wound of the ego. I think it sounds like you've really developed a sort of a mastery of saying, listen, if I feel slighted or feel rejected or feel misunderstood, you're much better placed now to learn to separate that effect on yourself and learn to reconnect with your truer self in order to keep moving forward. Yep. A billion percent. 
So setbacks and injuries are a part of life. I think a lot of people have the misunderstanding that people who do yoga have no injuries. People who do yoga are never in pain or discomfort. People who do yoga have no problems. But what have you learned about, what have you learned from your injuries and your setbacks and your, on your physical body? First, I've learned a lot about my own personal genetics, of which I've had to dig deep into. And a lot of us are predisposed to arthritis, degradation of, you know, discs, whatever it might be. You know, as you grow older, the more you know about your body, the better. And that's another wonderful thing about the yoga teacher training is that you learn a ton about anatomy. So that's one thing. I've learned a lot about what's actually wrong, why it actually hurts, why I'm going down that path. I think the second most important thing that yoga has helped me with is that it's taught me what I'm able to do and what I'm not able to do. As you grow older, I was feeling that it, yoga was the only thing that I could do that I could improve on every single day. And I still believe that. And I believe that I was just doing the wrong physical part of yoga to get me to those attributes that make me feel comfortable. So I was doing tons of handstands and, you know, floating into handstands and headstands. I mean, I was an inversion guy. That's all I wanted to do. That's typically a very male thing, right? <laughs> so, and then they're fun. It's awesome to be able to do a handstand in the middle of a room. It's absolutely fantastic and liberating for yourself. And you know, but it's also ego. Yeah. And I was realizing, man, you know, am I doing this because I look cool and I think other people will think I look cool? Or am I doing this because this is actually doing something wonderful for my physical presence and myself? And, you know, doing a lot of handstands hurts you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it hurts you, you know, over time. So I would say that you learn a lot about what you can and cannot do, what you should or should not do. And then the third part, I think, is the, the, the most interesting part is how you deal with injury and not get yourself going down the path of like, oh my God, what am I going to do for the next six months? Like my ski season's over or, you know, I'm not going to be able to practice yoga for six more months. And so I believe that yoga, the practice of yoga as a whole brings you much closer to, hey, there's other things to do. You can read more go travel. You can do anything you want to. It doesn't necessarily need to be, I'm going to go work out. No, that's a hundred percent spot on. Well, Art, it's so good to see you, man. It's been a while. I'm, I'm so glad we reconnected a few weeks ago. I know our paths will cross again and just very psyched to have you on and thanks for your time. Yeah. Good luck with everything. And I, I love what you're doing. Right on, man. So that was a great conversation with Art. You know, what I really appreciate is how open he is about his struggles and challenges. I mean, a lot of people deal with anxiety and depression, and a lot of guys get stuck in ruts. And for those who are listening who are stuck in a rut or know someone who is, I know it's really hard to connect the dots and say a yoga practice might help you get out of that rut. And I just want to thank Art for being so forthcoming with his story and his challenges and also what he's learned. So Art, thank you very much. And Corby, thanks for connecting Art and I many years ago. If you want to hear more great interviews and conversations with guys on how the yoga practice has helped them, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and check us out on Instagram at GTY Podcast. <laughs>